All right, welcome one, welcome all to episode 14 of the Two and a Half Brain Cells podcast. I'm your host, Murtaza, and today I'm going to be having a conversation with a good friend of mine, Richard Bao. Uh, Richard, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Okay, yeah, so my name's Richard. Uh, I've, I recently turned 20 years old, and I am a student at the University of Waterloo. I'm studying accounting and finance, and I'm very excited to be here today. Thank you for uh, for joining me. My pleasure. So let's start this from the beginning, like how we met, because uh, it's a pretty a pretty unique story, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so how we met was me and Murtaza, we were in the same grade 12 calculus class. So we didn't start talking in class. We happened to have a another mutual friend who didn't even go to our school. He went to a school in a different city. We used to bus and come visit us in the washrooms because that was the only place that he could be in because, you know, you can't be in a school or whatever. So, yeah, uh, me and Mikazo met each other. Sorry? He got caught a couple times, like, being on He definitely did, yeah, yeah, when he came out of the washroom. So that's why we had to stay in there. But, yeah. So me and Murtaza met in a second-story washroom at our high school, uh, even though we were in the same class. And then later on, I, when I got back to class, I realized, hey, Murtaza sits, like, right behind me. And ever yeah. since, we've been close friends. I think that's, like, when we became friends. But the first time we actually met was, or the first conversation we had was definitely before that. I don't know if you remember this, but probably. it was during like a lockdown drill. Where yeah, probably. In that um, in the same class, yeah. And you yeah. were roasting um, the AP kids because they wouldn't shut up about like oh. random ass things. They were trying to sound all cool and stuff. Yeah, that sounds like me. I I don't remember the exact instance, but I know for sure like we've talked before that. But that's um. In my memory, that's the moment that comes up when I think of the first time I met you. Because, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just it's unique, you know, meeting each other in the washroom. Yeah, meeting each other in a second-story washroom filled with a bunch of other dudes just chilling there. Yeah. Yeah. You used to have people just sitting on the washroom floor. It was a dirty-ass place. It was. Yeah. Now that I think back on it, I cringe. Like, it, it was yeah, it was, it was not a vibe. A couple times I had to go to the bathroom during class, and I just like I I went around the entire school because everything was just destroyed or like yeah, it was just dirt everywhere. I remember people used to uh rip the hand dryers off the walls and the soap dispensers too. But apparently the girls' bathrooms were fine. It was just that, like, high school boys are preachers. High school boys are, they're weird, man, trying to be cool. Certain certain guys are trying to be cool for wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't know. I don't see any reason why the girls' bathroom would be too much better. Uh, if you look back on like who we actually went to school with, yeah, but at least um, the possibilities 
of their washroom being nasty is like, I think just in general, a little lower. Like if you remember, um, they actually took the front, like the front door off of um, the back atrium washroom, like for the guys, <laughs> because uh, too many people were breaking shit in there and too many people were vaping. Oh yeah, like a couple of times it would just be filled with smoke when the door was still on. There. Yeah. And the custodians didn't care either. They walked in on people smoking all the time. Custodians were super chill, man. Like, shout out they Paul. Were. Yeah, yeah, Paul, that's my guy. Damn. And now yeah. uh... I, uh, I saw Paul uh, right before lockdown during reading week. I went to visit, uh, visit the school. And I didn't even see most of the grade 12 teachers I had, but I saw Paul and he remembered me. Damn, wait. What day did you go? Because I went like early in the week during I think I went the lunch fairly time. late in the week. I think I, I probably went on the Thursday or Friday. I can't remember which. It was over okay, a year ago. I went, I went like on a Tuesday, I think. I didn't yeah. see Paul at that time because like it was it was packed. It was lunchtime. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went after school. Okay. Yeah, I went after school to uh and help coach the track kids ah see you have that connection with the school right like you yeah. were one of the track kids you're still a track kid you went back to coach them you're giving back to your community that's dope man yeah yeah what are your um, aspirations for track uh just to, i'm trying to take it as far as i can um like as of right now, my goal is just to keep things uh, in the present, so I don't want to look too far ahead with it. So my first goal would just be to make it onto the varsity team for Waterloo, and then we'll work from there. Okay, varsity team sounds good. Are you on the junior team? Uh, so there's no junior team. Like you just the varsity team is just like everyone that's on the team. So I had I struggled with some injuries in my first year, and uh, in the end I didn't end up performing as well as I had hoped I would. But I'm I've been training consistently over the past year and a half since, and I've been making some pretty good progress. So I think um, I think there's a good future here. That's good. Hopefully we can see you uh, in the Olympics representing one day. You know. We'll be there, like yeah. like me and uh, some of our our mutual friends. We'll make sure to be there and like, hey, we knew this guy from the bathrooms of our high school. Yeah, yeah, it would be a nice story to tell. You guys could probably all. Uh, there's probably some videos of me that exist inside those bathrooms too. No, there's there's definitely videos from inside those bathrooms. Maybe not uh, yeah. the greatest highlights to have for your career, but definitely yeah. good stories. Good stories, good stories. And nothing too bad went down in there. Like some pretty bad stuff went down in there. To be honest, I can't really remember. A, a couple of times I think some pretty bad stuff went down in there, but most mostly it was just people smoking. Okay, yeah. But I never smoked, so any vaping? No. No. Oh, you're clean uh, then. That's nice. Yeah, I I wasn't into that. That's good. I like that. You're not into like trying to look cool. Yeah. 
about all the delinquency that I did in high school was just skipping class. I don't condone it, but uh, I did. You don't condone skipping class? I mean, I think you should do what's best for you, whatever works for you. So, like, education is obviously important. Look at where we are, two students at the University of Waterloo. (laughs) So, like, I think for both of us, we can agree education is very important. And it's up to your discretion to decide what the best path for your education is. I do know there are some people who actually learn better while not being in class because they like to figure things out on their own. And like I had some friends back in high school who would skip class all the time, but they'd actually be actively studying on their own. They just would go to the library or something while they skip class. And then they would come for the exams and they would do really, really well. So reach their own. Yeah, I definitely think if you're skipping class, you should at least like study up on what you're missing yeah and then like do whatever works for you but to be able to do that you have to to learn what doesn't work for you yeah sure like uh right now i'm thriving in online classes in person it was like i was doing good but for exams and stuff like in person is not it for me i suck at testing yeah, in-person exams, the atmosphere just causes a lot of stress. I found that too. I'm not on my, uh, I'm not on a school term right now. But last semester, I had a full online semester, and I found that some at times it felt like the online exams were too relaxed because they didn't even feel real. Whereas on an in-person exam, you could feel the stress radiating from everyone. Um, everybody and then there's always yeah. like that one person that just cries as like yeah, super loud yeah. a mental yeah. breakdown yeah i wrote one exam in the physical activities complex the pack gym and there were so many people that were crying when there were about 15 minutes left because that exam was incredibly long i think we had 36 pages on it to do in two and a half hours and so many people started crying yeah and they ended up curving our grades by a lot because almost nobody finished but a lot of people just that's good really stressed they curved yeah and the atmosphere of that gym like obviously martaza i think you've written exams in there before for any of your listeners who haven't or don't go to the university of waterloo that gym is very cramped or it's not cramped but it feels cramped when you're writing an exam in there because there's about 350 desks and then there's just it two was... clocks at the front and there's nothing else so it feels like a oh, very and then there's the profs that are like walking around everywhere yeah the profs just walk around it feels like a very like desolate area there's just nothing there except stress and university student sadness it's like if you it's it's like in Hollywood movies when you see like what I'm assuming the SATs are like. Yeah, yeah, it it's something like that. But also, uh, I don't know if you realize this. The thing is, in that gym, every single test session, it's not just one exam. It's like multiple different courses having their exams there at the same time. When I wrote the exam, it was just the one exam because I wrote 
um, introduction to accounting, so AFM 101. And that course has an enrollment of about 350 people. So it was just AFM 101 being written in there at that time. Because every single first year in my program had that at the time. And a lot of people also had it as an elective. Or some people from a, from different programs would have had to take that as well. So it was just my course writing in there at that time. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, I, and that's the only uh, exam I've written in there. But I have heard that there is a course mixing for other exams that are written in there. Yeah, I think for for an exam with like that many people taking the course at once, it makes sense to have just that one exam in there. But I had, I, I think I had both my electives in there. And so because the course, um, what's it called? Like the class sizes were a lot smaller for that. Yeah. Uh, they had, uh, they had it mixed with other courses and other sections and stuff. Were the other courses anything similar or just completely random courses? Or do you not know? Uh, I think some of them were like quite different. When I had my French exam in there, there were a lot of like business students and stuff. Oh, so you took French? Uh, yeah, I had to. So for my program, um, if anyone out there is wondering, it's it's a fairly recent program. It's called Global Business and Digital Arts. Uh, so one of our actual um, requirements for the uh, our program is that we have to take two language courses. Okay. And so I already knew like a little bit of French. So I took French uh, in both first and second semester of first year just to get it out of the way. And if you take uh, two language courses, preferably of the same language, you're eligible to travel abroad for a semester. So are you planning on doing that? I was, but then COVID hit. And like, even if I do get the vaccine, I'd rather just uh finish up school like normal and then travel afterwards you could do the uh semester abroad in your fourth year as well can't you i can but fourth year i don't really want to because like just it's just almost done university and i want to be out of there as quickly as possible yeah that's fair that's fair can you and... fast track with AT uh, afm not really, because the program is so structured. Um, so I'm on a co-op term right now, which means that I'll be back in school in May. And this upcoming semester is the first time that I've had an elective. Every other time, my courses have been picked for me. So I have one elective this upcoming semester. And so it's basically impossible to fast track because every course is run once a year with the okay. exception of a few courses like introduction to accounting and introduction to economics because that's not a afm specific course so for the most part everything is just you take it with the rest of your peers which has its ups and downs yeah it's definitely um, nicer to have a big group of people that are just moving through the courses with you but it's also boring in a sense because you don't get to interact with a lot of different people for example, there's people in my program who don't interact with people from other programs because we're just around people in our program so often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's super similar to our course too, because like our our program, sorry, because 
uh, all the courses are offered like once every year, except for a couple of like the first year courses. And then if you don't take them, then you're pretty much screwed. You have to take them like the next year. Yeah. I don't think I've actually like met mo a lot of people from your program though. I think a couple of people went to high school with us who have interacted with before. Yeah, there's uh, three of us, including me, that came from our high school. Maybe four. I can't remember. But like, other than you guys, I think I know one person who graduated a while back, and nobody else. Because like, what I've seen, people from your program are pretty private. Yeah, um, that definitely is also the stereotype about my program. Uh, for anyone that knows, they call us Snake FM because we're supposedly well known for snaking other students. <laughs> but I think our program is my program is definitely fairly clicky. They tend to stay within their own groups. Obviously, that's not the case for everyone. There's a lot of people that like to get out there, that like to interact with a lot of people, like to be sociable. But as a whole, the stereotype is that people in my program tend to stick to themselves and stick to their friends within the program. Yeah, it's definitely what I've heard. But also, when you say Snake FM, um, two things. First, it sounds like a super cool lizard-based radio station. <laughs> but uh, also... <laughs> I don't think they snake a lot of other students per se, but mostly just other AFM students, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Other AFM students. Hopefully, they they grow as people and uh, learn from their, their snaking ways, whoever is snaking. Personally, in my experience, I haven't seen it happen that much. Like, I know of some instances where it occurred, but I haven't seen it happen to the degree that I was expecting to based on what I was told about the program before entering it. So you had your, like you were cautious a little bit about the program before you started? Uh, yeah, not long before. So when I applied to the program, I didn't know. And then the summer before I started, I started doing a little bit more research. So I would look for blog posts about it. I started looking for it on our university subreddit. Uh, quite a toxic place. I don't recommend going there. Uh, I do. Yeah, I, I'd recommend everybody should go on that on the University of Waterloo's Reddit. It's it's a very interesting place. Very interesting. It's uh, it's definitely entertaining to take a read through. But there's a lot of stuff on there that I think is less than um, less than positive. And doesn't really reflect too well on our school either. It's not just less than positive. It's also like, ideally, nobody would say a lot of these things in person. Well, ideally, ever. nobody will say it online either. Because, yeah. in my opinion, things that people say online are things that they believe in person, but are probably just too scared to say in person. So I don't know if that makes it any better that they only say it in uh, online spaces. No, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. If they say it online, that means they probably do hold it in their hearts and they just don't say it to actual yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's similar to something I heard about alcohol. 
like when you're drunk is when your like real personality comes out because there's less barriers for you to actually like say something stupid yeah they say uh drunk actions are sober thoughts damn yeah deep deep is your your forte though right oh i guess you could say that so uh as, as long as i've known you you've been into poetry you like you've sent me some poetry and you post a uh, poetry online occasionally yeah uh so do you want to you want to let us know how you got into it uh so when i was in actually since a long time ago but when i was in grade seven a lot of things just happened to mix together for example i was really into old school rap music at the time and as such like the verses were would be very poetic and then i happened to have some um i had some assignments in english class in grade seven actually i don't even know if it was called english it was called LASS back in middle school. Uh, language. Um, language arts, social studies, right? Yes, yes. LASS. We used to call it LASS. We thought we were so clever calling it that. But yeah, grade seven. And then I was like, okay, so I'll, I'll write uh, to the best of my ability for these like poem assignments. And I just ended up subconsciously drawing from some of the influence that I'd taken in from listening to a lot of music in general, but especially hip hop music at the time. And then I was like, this is kind of therapeutic. So I continued with it, but not too seriously. So um, Murtaza would know this. Uh, for all of you listening, my work ethic with writing is very, very bad right probably once every four to six months or i'm able to write a lot once every four to six months um at this point my brand is basically writer's block because i just a lot of times i don't know what to write and then it'll all come to me about once every uh once every season let's say because each season's like three months oh yeah once every season it all comes to me and I'm able to get the creative juices flowing and it just works out but then it'll have me until the next season yeah but like I, I wouldn't call it a bad work ethic because it's not like the main thing you're focusing on in life right now right yeah if it, yeah, if it was your main sure. thing like if you weren't working or didn't have school or a social life or anything and you just we're trying to write poetry full time and like you still couldn't do it that would be a yeah. bad work ethic yeah that's fair i probably would do it full time if there were a good amount of money in it or like How or even if i just saw next, any sort of future um, in it core. yeah you know she graduated from our university too apparently she's a fraud though like from what i've yeah, seen she, like she uh, in her book she, she basically her just friends. plagiarized but she plagiarized nice. and she also like the format that she's so famous for like with the words indented all over the place she copied that from her friend or her former friend i doubt they're still friends after what she did unless they have a contract 
and she she her friend is getting paid or if her friend's like oh yeah you could just take this format they're probably yeah but her friends. friend is the one who exposed that she was being copied so i can't see that oh working. damn okay unless it's some sort of convoluted marketing ploy yeah it always could be a very sophisticated scheme uh yeah but i i do have my doubts that it is a scheme it's probably just her friend got tired of uh of rupee is rupee even her real name i'm not sure i would yeah. think so rupee let me search this up it I just, I just searched it up it is her real name rupee core Depending on where she's from, or like what her heritage is, she's from India. Okay, rupee in uh, like Hindi and Urdu and stuff. It, it's a currency. It's like naming your kid. Like if you have a kid here, it's like naming them dollar. I, I like the ring of dollar bow. Dollar bow. Yo, dollar yeah. bow sounds like sounds like a person who would join uh, or at least collaborate with Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> yeah, but I think oh, if I were to have a kid, by the time they're old enough to collaborate with Wu-Tang Clan, Wu-Tang Clan will be too old to collaborate with them. You know, Wu-Tang's already too old to collaborate. Like, they're pretty much retired, right? Yeah, I mean, they're in their 40s, I think. Most Wait, of them are in their 40s. Probably some in, in their 40s? I think some would be in their fifties. Yo, I was I've been out here thinking they're like late fifties, early sixties. Well, I mean, they only started in nineteen ninety two, I believe. So they would have been young at the time. Okay. So yeah, the, or I think majority of them would be in their fifties. Early fifties. I doubt many would be in the sixties though. No, you're right. They're all like early 50s. Yeah, because they all would have been early 20s or like late teens when they started the group. That's cool. Like super influential, you know? Yeah, going back to my writing, that they're one of the groups I listened to a lot at that time when I started writing. What uh, What other inspirations did you have? Uh... Other inspirations. So back then, uh, it, my writing would have been very different, like just based off the people I was around. Um, you know, be, everyone being younger, we were probably thirteen years old at the time. The things that we'd experienced. So a lot of my inspiration back then wasn't exactly directly drawn from my own experience, but now that I've lived a little more. I say that as if I'm an old man, but I'm only 20. But um, now that I've lived a Bro, little more, I have more of my... 20 nowadays is old, apparently. I don't feel like, that way. I think uh, I that's just in... a social media trick. Like, have you believed that your no, life is like, over at 25? Wise, well, okay, life, I think, depending on... It depends on how much money you have, okay? If you have a good chunk of money, you can have your life like completed by 27 
Yeah, but I think like social media has made us see that way more often than it actually occurs. And a lot of people feel like have the conception now that 25 or like even 30 is old. But at 30, you're still young, right? Like think about yeah, it every definitely. time. Like, this is probably not a very good comparison, but every time if you see a 30-year-old in the news, like, because they died, everyone's always like, oh, wow, they were so young. But then, yeah, so why is it that when a 30-year-old like is old, especially when they're dead? But, like, I think just in general, 30 is still young because the life expectancy for us living in Canada is about 82 years. For women, it'd be a little higher. Yeah, I think our life expectancy is about 82 years. So 30 is not even halfway. Yeah, but it, it just feels like you've... De- de- again, it depends on how much you can accomplish in any given time. But it just yeah, feels sure. like you can complete so much. There's definitely going to be new experiences, I think. Uh, I so I wouldn't, I wouldn't want anybody to like just stop living their lives at... 27 and just like become a hermit or something but i i sort of understand how like it's very sad to see especially artists like young artists uh pass but you've heard of the 27 club right yes yes so like uh, kurt cobain Jimi hendrix um amy winehouse Granted, they were very young when they died, and they died in not ideal circumstances. But by that point, especially because of how much money they'd had, I understand if, like, they felt at one point that they had lived full lives. That's the thing, right? Like, that's why I feel like the exact opposite is true, that in that, like, having to deal with that much at that young even though you've made a lot of money like you're seen as objectively successful but a lot of people at that age especially considering the fact that they would have been famous for many many years before their passing so they would have gone into fame probably in their late teens early 20s and a lot of people wouldn't be prepared to handle all of that and i think especially nowadays with social media we see so many young people famous like there's that kid who he's like nine or something he reviews toys on youtube and he ryan's makes millions toys review. shout out ryan's toys reviews but the thing is he's he's famous sure but he's not like he's not um how do i say this i'm pretty sure there's been an interview with his parents or something where like they're trying to raise him like a normal kid. Like he's just following his yeah. hobby, you know, yeah. like nobody's forcing sure. him into, into the business. I'm not saying there's any issue with him, but I'm saying that for us as regular people, like not famous people, when we're able to Life's see a lot of these things, it gives us a sense that we're old. You know, like I see, especially I, guess, yeah. I watch a lot of soccer right now. I'm seeing a lot of soccer players come up that are younger than me. There's a there's a young English player. Uh, his name's Jude Bellingham. He plays on Borussia Dortmund, and he was born in 2003. He's over two years younger than me. 
But oh, now that we're yeah. able to see all of this, it does give us this sense of urgency, like, dang, I'm old now. But r- really, that's not the case because I'm about a quarter of the way through my expected life. Or you could live much longer, you know? Yeah, Make, yeah. Uh, maybe at much the end longer. Of your life, at the end of your life, start looking like uh, Prince Philip. <laughs> the only 99-year-old to look older than 99. Bro, he looked like he'd been through it like five times already. <laughs> the queen yeah. the queen was probably just like, I feel like <laughs> death had tried to come for Philip multiple <laughs> times, and the queen's like, no, no, I'm not done. Uh, I'm not done playing with him yet. Long live the queen, though, bro. Like, she's... I'm pretty sure she's immortal. Maybe. You know who's really immortal, though? Hazel McCallion. Yo, shout out Hazel McCallion. Best mayor of Mississauga. For sure. For sure. She kept us out of debt for, like, ages. Ever since she was in office, she kept the city out of debt. Yeah. Yeah. She was uh and she she was the mayor for so long. She was. And now she is a hundred years old. Oh yeah, she turned a hundred this year. Yep. Her uh her centennial. Yeah. I remember uh she got hit by a car when she was in her early nineties. She got and hit by I don't a think, car? Yeah, she got hit by a car. And she was completely fine afterwards. I think so. So she's not only immortal, she's also invincible. That's that's actually relieving to know. Yeah. yeah. I know a couple of people. By the time we well. get up there in age, uh, tech, who knows where technology would have gone. Maybe they'll find better ways to preserve people. Oh, have you seen I, um, Elon Musk's thing where like the new neurochips? No, I haven't. But I could have them a guess as to what it's like. So the thing is, they're like, okay, Elon Musk, as everybody knows, like, he's literally a mad scientist. But um, one of his uh, companies, what they're doing is they're creating these neurochips, which is sure, it is probably going to be weaponized in some way by some government uh, to try world domination or something. Um, Or, you know, It'll go into like Terminator mode. But right now they've tested it with, I think it's a chimpanzee. Um, and his, um, I think his cognitive ability has increased like hit it a lot. Wow. I'm not entirely sure, but because chimpanzees, they're already like super intelligent. Yeah. But uh, apparently it has helped him. And I think they're, goal is that it'll help stop like uh stuff like alzheimer's and it can also maybe help um people with a certain uh i think i don't know the name of these disorders but it's like stuff that like mobility issues and stuff maybe and like possibly help with uh paralysis kind of thing okay yeah, that sounds that sounds like something that he would be experimenting with. Yeah, so it's definitely like at least uh, it's marketed right now as a way to help improve life. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that like 
by the time we get older, it will be something that's probably very commonplace. Because just look at how fast technology is developing, right? Yeah, technology is developing pretty quickly. Like when we were younger, um, it was still like brick phones, flip phones, and then, and then like iPhones came around and the original Androids. Do you remember those? Yeah, and I remember back in the days when everyone had tablets. Oh yeah, and then there'd be that one annoying kid who'd bring their tablet everywhere. Yeah. There's still those kids though, like their parents just give them an iPad or something. Yeah, I'm just I'm glad to see that the tradition is going on. Although I would love to see more kids, like obviously not nowadays with the pandemic and all, but more kids outside. Yeah, kids outside would always be. They should do that. I think the pandemic definitely hasn't helped anything in regards yeah. to kids um physical health well i don't think it's just kids i think it's everyone's physical health everyone's physical health but like kids need it more you know i don't think i agree with that i think kids need it in that it instills the habit in them because kids who grow up being used to being fit like eating healthy all of that being healthy like holistically uh, it becomes a habit for them, so they're better able to maintain that health as they get older. But I think it's never too late to pick up those habits. And I think the pandemic has definitely ruined health for a lot of people, especially because most people I know haven't been to a gym in over a year now. That's that's me. I haven't been to a gym in over a year I mean, either. I've been experimenting with like different foods and stuff, trying to trying to become a better chef. You know, not the healthiest yeah. stuff. I've yeah. definitely gained weight, but you know, yeah. it's. Uh, I think gaining weight has been a trend for almost everyone during the pandemic. Yeah, like you know, um, freshman fifteen, I think is what it's called. Yeah, right. That's pretty much what like the first year of the pandemic did. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, 15 isn't all that much. I'm pretty sure it's probably more than 15. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, personally, I've always thought that health matters more. So I know a lot of people, their target when they start exercising is to lose weight. But for a lot of people, losing weight isn't necessarily the important factor. Because as you get more fit, especially if you don't just do cardio exercises as you get more fit you do like if you do a lot of weight training resistance training you will naturally build more muscle and you will get heavier that way i think just knowing what fit looks like for you and what fit feels like for you and and aiming to get that rather than just thinking oh i'm gonna lose five pounds this week i think a better goal would be to say i'm gonna get more fit this week and there's some metrics you could use to measure your fitness. For example, if you go on a run, I know some people like to do mile runs. You could time them. Uh, you could see how much weight you could add on every week for, your, for lifting. So yeah, I think those would generally be better goals than just watching your weight religiously. 
I definitely agree. Those are much better goals to have. But also, like, again, we go back to the social media topic where social media has ruined it for a lot of people because it's constantly pushing out like, oh, use these products to to get this kind of body image or like you have to look a certain way. Nowadays, definitely there's more like body positivity stuff. But also there's still just like huge, huge accounts by like celebrities and dare I say influencers who are pushing out um, just like stuff that it sounds good. But when it sounds too good to be true, it usually is, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned influencers because uh, I think what a lot of people think when they see influencers is that they're regular people. They're not celebrities, but these people are paid. Like they make their money off of basically being not regular people. Right? Exactly. I would, that's, I would that's say the word, that influencer, cele- right? Yeah. Like they're, they, they're paid to influence you. Yeah. They're in, like I would say that they probably live less regular lives than most celebrities because most celebrities uh what i define as a celebrity is someone probably closer along the lines of like an actor uh, a musician an athlete that is well recognized and those people are generally well known for a talent of theirs but most influencers while i will say that they're talented people in that um in the marketing sense because that definitely is a skill uh they become famous because of a lifestyle that they are marketing. So for celebrities, they it's well known that celebrities have a different lifestyle. But the job of influencers is to try and market a lifestyle to make it look as if it's attainable to everyone. When I think in a lot of situations, it really isn't attainable. It's definitely, yeah, they're amazing at marketing. Uh, but it also depends on like, what kind of content they're producing right and yes i completely agree they are talented people in the sense that like the marketing but also a lot of these people get their start doing everything themselves and they're not just recognized for like the one talent they have they have to create their whole image but yeah they're not normal lives at all yeah and more power to them because they were they're able to find their own way in the world right and like being able to market things to that extent, like have that many people want to attain what you have, it's definitely a commendable talent. But I think that for a lot of people, uh, social media has definitely shifted their body image towards themselves and as well to other people. And I think that that's something that people have to keep in mind that Everyone's natural body also looks different. For example, some people are naturally, uh, I think the word is ectomorph, endomorph, and there's a third one that I can't remember. But basically it describes, um, it's been a long time since I've taken high school for Zed. But basically it describes the natural way that people's bodies are built. And based on your genetics, people will just tend to be built a certain way. And I think that um that's why i always thought have thought that the goal should be better fitness because better fitness looks very different for different people but it's always a positive definitely yeah better fitness okay if you're 
trying to look a certain way, you should still have attainable goals. Don't try to do like everything at once, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's all definitely. about I, I think just like the the same thing with what how I started this podcast. It's all about the consistency. Yeah, for sure. It's better to make small improvements every single day rather than to try and make the entire big jump in a really short amount of time. For example, like I've been trying to stay fit. I've been doing a lot of home workouts, but it's not like I'm expecting to look like the rock by say next week, right? Because I know that's not an attainable goal. If I set that as my goal, I'm going to be very disappointed in a week because I'm, I could tell you right now, no matter what I do, I'm not going to be able to reach that. I could take all the steroids in the world, which would probably not be good for me. Well, it's definitely not good for me. But like even with all that, there's no way I would be able to attain something like that by next week, right? So I remember in high school and middle school, we were taught to set up smart goals. And I think I in really, university too, those. I've actually had to use smart goals in university as well. And as much as I disliked it back then, I think that it's a very important thing to keep in mind when setting goals of any sort, especially that are realistic. Because I think most people know within themselves like what is realistic and what isn't. So in setting goals, yeah. like that's mm -hmm. why when we were talking about uh, my track aspirations earlier, I said that I'm looking to take it just like one step at a time. Because to me, what is realistic right now is pushing to get onto that university team. And then from there, I could work on what I want to attain next. That's good, though. Also, yeah, like I, I feel like we should release maybe a, like a smart goal planner uh, for people to follow. Just like take everything one step at a time. Yeah, yeah. And I think... It's also not very good for people's mental health to be thinking way too far ahead. Like, I mean, I used to be one of those people, right? When I was probably 16, 17, I thought I had my entire life planned out till the age of like 35 or so. And when out by the time I was 18, that plan had already changed. Like it didn't even take one year for me to stray off of what I had planned for myself. Yeah, but uh, like everything's a learning process, right? Like the most you can do, I think, is just learn from your experiences. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think we're going to end this episode on that note. Uh, thank you so much, Richard, for joining me today. It's my pleasure. Uh, do you want to shout out your social media? Uh, yeah, so my Instagram is Richard underscore bao underscore zero four nine and uh i'm not gonna shout out my tiktok or my twitter no worries but, yeah go follow right. me on instagram and go follow every, everybody you should go follow uh richard on instagram uh again that's richard underscore bao underscore zero four nine and make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 2HBCPod. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This episode is available everywhere podcasts are available. And you can also see the rest of our links at linktr.ee slash 2HBCPod. 
uh, been your host. And uh, thank you so much for listening.